Welcome to the UCM. We're your tour guides, Zan Peters and Joe Semino. And we're going to be taking you through our humble little museum's collection. The exhibits may or may not be real, but the stories sure are. Enjoy your visit today at the Uncanny County Museum. There's an Upton Sinclair quote that says, all art is propaganda. George Bernard Shaw agreed, but added to the phrase stating, all art is propaganda, but not all propaganda is art. In today's exhibit, we will discuss war films in general, but we'll be centering on two in particular. The 1986 World War II Soviet film, Come and See, and the 2021 American science fiction film, Dune. The suffering of war and conflict have long influenced art, but as filmmaking has evolved, we are even more drawn into the violence from our places of relative comfort. Why do we want to be made to see the worst that we are capable of doing to each other? Our two case studies explore two ends of a spectrum of spectacle. Come and See tells the story of Flora, a Belarusian peasant boy who witnesses firsthand the brutality of the Germans as they ethnically cleanse the Slavic peoples. It is seemingly beyond imagination the horrors that are inflicted upon the victims, and yet it's all true to history. Dune, on the other hand, uses fantasy to explore the realities of war and colonial exploits. It follows Paul, the son of a duke, who is suddenly the center of a struggle for resources and wealth on a planet under the veil of a holy war. So, I want to ask, what is it that we cannot grasp about war that we keep returning to it on the screen and in art? I, I I know all of this is, is very heavy and, and big uh, questions, but uh, I thought this was also a good time to mention that I took that uh, uh, mail test and I got gamma mail as a result. <laughs> you get you didn't get a sigma. You didn't get sigma. No, mail? no. I really thought. Um, actually, one of my coworkers was like have you taken the test? And I'm like, no, that sounds like a really toxic thing for me to know about myself. Right. Well, yeah. now, you know, I guess what a bizarre transition from this, yeah. from this well put monologue into to mills. <laughs> but I guess in a, in a way it does tie us in to what we're going to talk yeah. about. Well, it, it's, it's one of the, it's one of those things where like, you know, I, we're at work. Um, it's slow. Uh, and, everyone's talking about like what they are uh and everyone knows everyone's different too after they've taken the test we got you know uh a beta a delta (laughs) a sigma 
None oh of gosh. us were the alpha, though. Um, I, mm. I didn't even realize, I guess, that there were gammas. I guess I had heard of omegas, but I guess that's more of like an omegaverse thing. Um, all, all of yes. this, by the way, based off of fake or discredited research about wolves. Right. Um, <laughs> Literally, yeah. I mean, yes. it's so... That's such a weird thing, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And I mean... Mm-hmm. it's like weirdly ties into all the u.s propaganda films though to be mm-hmm. honest with you yes. like the yes. idea of the alpha male soldier yeah you know the leader yes. it's it's uh-huh i mean i think you know in 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 coming out of our exhibits here of our of of showing these films to see i mean definitely a bizarre pairing watching dune yeah, 2021 I... and come and see i mean it's it's not <laughs> I'm very curious about this curation t- choice, but I think it's very strong. I just don't, you know, it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah, I, I am the only cis white male at my uh, job at my place of work. Um, mm-hmm. and so it just it just seemed like the type of thing that I shouldn't open with, but I guess because everyone else was doing it at the time, it seemed fun. <laughs> um i guess that's but fair. but yes as so with with both of these films as sort of different as they are i think they have that quintessential uh thing to them mm-hmm. a- at some point at least towards the beginning you want to imagine where you would be in this world how you would be reacting to the inciting incidents and maybe this is a uh toxic male trait trademark Mm. but you know when you watch casablanca right especially at the beginning there's you know it's it's horrifying but it's also stylized and despite all the fear and everything there's like such a sense of adventure about everything and everybody's like in these immaculate clothes and hanging out and uh you know drinking and listening to jazz uh, right right you know it's a very different image of war um and then we've we've definitely moved on in a lot of ways in terms of the convention of of filmmaking but i do you not uh like or or do you also sort of have those moments where you would try to imagine what kind of guy you would be in a in a military scenario and i guess again this is both of us never having served in the military although mm. we've we've served in we, we we've fought creative um warfare <laughs> i it's a way to we're, put we're, it. we're in, way we're in the war we're in the war we are veterans of the warfare of ideas which is ever it's ongoing very, it's very poetically put actually um, mm-hmm. And taking it a much different way than I thought. I was gonna be like, "Yeah, we're really in the trenches of the art sphere," you know, discussing mm-hmm. and debating and interrogating these ideas. But I mean, in a way, it's kind of true in this in this relation. I mean, it's like, mm-hmm. I, I to answer that point though, yes, I, ha- I was always one of those people. I mean, I, you know, I almost joined the military when I was younger. So, like, mm. if that gives you any insight, but like, you could have been GI Joe. I would have hated it. I would have not have lasted, dude. Because <laughs> people would have called you that? G.I. Joe? I was called G.I. Joe, yeah. And I kind of oh embraced that. But no, I wasn't... A re- Here's the difference, though. I, I think it's maybe worth pointing out now versus later. Like, I watched mm-hmm. a lot of war films at a very young age. 
like mm-hmm. pretty young, uh, but not starting. Like I watched Come and See in eighth grade, and I was fourteen Holy to give cow. some perspective. What kind of eighth grader were you with? Like a thousand yard stare, traumatized because of this movie. But no, I mean, like I, I the, the reason actually, and the reason I actually watched a lot of war movies is I really was into foreign language but I was really bad at it. And I wanted mm-hmm. to take Russian in high school and I was in eighth grade and earlier mm-hmm. years. And um, and like, yeah, I played Call of Duty and I played these games like most people of our, of our relative generations did, but I wasn't like sold on the whole patriotic American go us idea. It was more fascination mm-hmm. with these different cultures and languages. And, you know, I wanted to take Russian really bad, and my dad suggested to me, well, why don't you watch a bunch of movies in Russian to get an idea of what the language is going to sound like, because you don't know unless you hear it. And I still do this to this day, and I did it with German as well, which I ended up taking, because I kind of had to. I wasn't allowed to take honors Russian, because I didn't do well in Spanish, because <laughs> they're the same. Um, <laughs> and so the thing is, though, a lot of foreign movies in different languages, especially in the more Eurocentric world, are war movies. It's almost like they have a lot of those. Almost, almost. But I, I yeah, I, I, so I, I watched them a few bit for that. And it was also just as a kid who really enjoyed history and watched Lord of the Rings at a very young age. I was very into this idea of the, I think, I think it's like, you know, warfare, but the, the terror of it and the mm-hmm. empathy attached to some of these things. And, and I don't really quite know to this day, but I think I learned a lot at a very young age that I'm glad I did because that mm-hmm. opened me up to the gray areas that are in conflict and the true atrocities mm-hmm. that have happened through the course of human history due to violence and not that there's this there's this victory to be held you know that there's this we yeah. are the right side and no matter what we say we are justified because it can easily mm-hmm. be turned into the wrong side very fast so in my you know all of the films that I've seen, which is probably in the hundreds, if I'm being honest, I really don't know. I've lost count. It's, mm-hmm. it, it is, they are all different. And I've watched films from, you know, Japanese perspectives, German ones, uh, Italian, American, French mm-hmm. for all for World War II. Even films, that I think I've watched one, I think it was No Man's Land that was about the Balkan Wars, you know, like just these, all these mm-hmm. drastically different films of yeah. different periods. And they are, some of them are really interesting in this way and some of them are not where they dissect the Mm -hmm. idea of conflict almost cathartically but Mm -hmm. it's like turning a mirror and being like why are we still glorifying this but Mm -hmm. to your point and what you're saying and i and i fully agree you know well into this year Mm -hmm. of 2021 into this idea that Mm -hmm. it is a curious question like why are we still fascinated with this why do we still need this like resolution or this knowledge that Mm -hmm. oh yes war is bad so we should Mm -hmm. stop but we don't we just keep going and we change the rules and come and see Mm -hmm. in particular you know paired to dune again it's a weird combo but it's a very good one in this way you know what i'm gonna even say that i'm gonna venture here and say that we have seen weirder movies back to back we have that's true samurai cop and troll 2 is one that comes to mind (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> weirdly similar wait which would you say if you were to compare the two which is the samurai cop and which is the troll too jesus oh my god uh okay i can answer this very easily you ready troll mm-hmm. two is the dune because it had the higher budgets 
But huh. Samurai Cop is come and see because of the more low-budget filmmaking style and also the crazy stuff that happens on set. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I think... And, and, the, and, and the dialogue that uh, has questionable <laughs> translation. Oh, yeah, that too. That's <laughs> very fair. Um, I guess actually they both have that. I mean, I, do, I, yeah. I, think, I think Troll 2, the issue was the director was Italian, but I believe the writer spoke English. Um, I think so, but th- Any- th- that's aside the point. I mean, Troll Two, I guess we could argue, is a war movie, and maybe Samurai <laughs> Cop even is a war movie. No, Samurai know? Cop would be like a noir movie, if anything, because it has mm, cops mm. in it. I guess if we're I really gonna so. expand this and <laughs> expand the rules yeah. of what is a war movie, but that is a yes. that is a weird thing too, right? Like because mm-hmm. you know, here's the thing: as much as Dune is a science fiction movie more than a war movie, Come and See is more of a horror film than a war movie. There's not that's that's very true, right? Like it's it's it's, um... it's interesting though how we like how we blend these genres together. Like war mm-hmm. as a genre has always been bizarre to me because a lot of other genres, you know, have war in them. But it doesn't always mean that yeah. that is it. That's that that that's the thing and that's what we're going to talk about. Cuz how, how well, does one it, talk it, about it, war? It's a, it's almost sort of the the false categorization that there are non-science fiction films that Dune would have a lot more in common than it would say with Star Wars. 100% agree. Yes. Um and and you know, you you could say something similar that, you know, there are plenty of war movies even from a, uh, the Soviet perspective that yes. can't quite compare to come and see. Um, and I, uh, I, this is actually, you know, peek behind the curtain. This is our first time talking together about, uh, yeah. about now, now that I've caught up to you and mm-hmm. have now seen both of these films. Welcome. welcome. Um, <laughs> you know, and we, we can kind of compare our thoughts on them. Yeah. We, we, we can be a real Siskel and Ebert about it. Mm. Follow up question. Which of us is Siskel? Which of us is Ebert? Maybe we can discover that at the end. Oh um, yeah. And if we don't tweet at us, let us know what I your guess, thoughts are. I mean, maybe you could be Ebert cause you wear glasses. If we're, I mean, I guess if it's cosmetic yeah. or like, you know, the, the <laughs> physical appearance as a basis. Um, yeah. It, um, I guess it comes down to which of us uh, liked Benji the Hunted and which of us didn't. Because I feel like of all the disagreements that they had, I feel like that was an interesting, uh, right. an interesting one that like. The, the way that they would disagree uh, sometimes when one person would really advocate for a mm. movie and the other person would not. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I guess yeah. that's true. Hi there. My name is Colby White, and I'm one of the hosts from Force Football Facts, a podcast where my friend Zachary and I force our other friend Tyrell to give us insights into the game, even though he doesn't know anything about it. We use our humor to bring you weekly football news in a new way that takes fan opinions into account while also helping new fans understand why we love this game so much. You can check us out on our website, forcefootballfacts.com, or wherever podcasts are available. Hope to see you soon. I mean, I was, given that this is a live reaction, so to speak, because we really, we, right. you know, we have not talked about this yet. I know mm-hmm. I told you to text me when you saw Dune. I was very excited because mm-hmm. uh, we mm-hmm. saw it at different times. I've seen it twice. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There's so many things I want to talk about that are not war related in this case, but <laughs> at the same, and, and Zan knows this because I was freaking out about it without telling him anything. But, mm-hmm. you know, 
it's such an interesting film, I feel like now, given how old the the source material is in relation mm-hmm. to other things and how now I feel like it it makes a lot more sense. Or maybe it doesn't make a lot more sense, but it feels very it's relevant. It's almost like we're ready for it. Yes, I think that's a good way in to a put way it. That, in a way that, like, Dune, I think, has, while being very famous, I think is also somewhat famous for being the more, um, it, it's it's uh, the more subversive uh, yeah. kind of esoteric sci-fi yeah. thing to be into uh you know if, dense, you're, if you're into yeah. if you're into sort of mid-century sci-fi dune is the um <laughs> it, it's the it's the more counter-cultural one in in a way that you know maybe in the 60s and 70s the mass public mm-hmm. was ready for star wars but was not ready for dune because and and you know to some extent you're seeing a lot of people's takes and reactions now that um you know i i'm not saying you have to like it or you need to see it but there are criticisms of it that we've both heard that yeah don't it it seems like people are missing a lot of the 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 point and the ideas yes. uh, at play there um and and just uh, how how much you know because you know it's been around since the 60s oh yeah but, yeah but the, there's there's still some and and you know like all science fiction you know all of these guys are drawing on each other and influenced by each other um mm-hmm. there's there's nothing wholly unique or original about it but right. it is dune at the end of the day is bringing together this really complicated idea of um you know how we want to map our philosophies onto political struggle how we want mm. to view you know a struggle for resources in the macro and whether you do that through politics ambition religion yeah you're you, you um it's it's almost like these events will happen no matter what um and you could almost ignore the spiritual angle of it yeah. And the yeah. the the um the the premonitions and everything, the magical realism of it. Uh and and then it it has to happen. It it just does happen. The the plot unfolds, people are 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 killed, uh resources are extracted, wealth is uh taken and consolidated. Um but you uh get to see at different levels in different communities, how they interpret those things based on whatever their internalized philosophies are. Right, right. You know, their, their experiences influences, influence what they see going on, but so do their, their, uh, global or maybe planetary, uh, (laughs) outlook. Yeah. uh, Also, also sort of influence those things. You know, one thing I think that, movie does quite well is you know paul uh you know hears about there being a messiah and realizes that he is just being retrofit to an existing narrative that um there might not be anything that there there potentially is nothing particularly special about him and what he can do uh 
but you know, he has this feeling that other people are going to use him to fulfill this role of right. a gifted uh messianic figure that will uh that will bring uh stability uh, yes yeah and you know the there's there's something kind of interesting in that it's almost it's an idea that i i hate to say it it's one of the better ideas in harry potter uh that right harry did not need to be the chosen one it was just such that mm. uh that uh he was he almost had to rise to be um and you know that yeah. again is a very different book but <laughs> yeah it, <laughs> very different <laughs> very right. different we don't have to get into it no, I mean, no, i'm no. sure there's uh there's other parallels we could draw at some point For i've sure. been doing this fun thing where i annoy my one of my co-workers by comparing everything to dune i do that on a daily basis so <laughs> yeah i, I was like this. wow you couldn't you couldn't close that deal much like how paul uh fails at first to enact his mind <laughs> his bene gesrat uh mind control powers at the beginning and his mother jessica must step in uh oh my god it's perfect please yeah <sighs> no exactly um but that is one of those things where a more interesting way to look at prophecy and yes. premonition you know it, it's sort of like almost a um it, it's almost sort of like an an uh, uh an early 20th century look at physics where in um our thinking could potentially have uh an influence mm. on reality mm. that consciousness has has In an influence yeah. on reality well i mean you know, that... it's very very heisenberg very right. uh, yeah very schrodinger this uh i i think that's a more interesting way to look at prophecy that uh certain things will inevitably happen it is how 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 does our perspectives and our outlook change mm, that mm. change how it does how it does unravel yeah i mean that is one of i think the most interesting things about dune and the dune mm -hmm. books that follow and why i like it so much um because you know i think i think the thing with the the film the story the books they they are hard to digest as you know you know Mm -hmm. When I read it after your recommendation and being interested because the movie was coming out, I was like, this mm -hmm. is not as hard as I thought it would be. And I'm mm -hmm. realizing, and here's how I have looked at it. I could not have read that book as a high schooler. I don't think I would have been ready for it, personally. I don't mm -hmm. think it would have made much sense because I would have been looking for something else. Maybe I could have, I don't mm -hmm. know. But I appreciate it a lot more knowing what I know about history, philosophy, art, science. You know, all these things that... yeah really are dense in that book and the reason it's i think dense as a story is it does a very interesting way of unpacking these historical moments and thoughts and relevant things happening all around mm -hmm. us right now i mean you see it even in u.s politics that's very relevant to dune i think yeah. you can easily make a parallel and i have um and <laughs> yeah especially with dune messiahs in, in recent events but it is this fact we don't we don't have to do much work figuring out who like trump is uh, no i don't think so <laughs> but but the thing of paul atreides and this you know it, it, it and th this whole character arc and this whole setup of the movie is 
you know, it is a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's the fear mm-hmm. that he knows because then, you know, spoiler alert for those who have not seen the film, but there's a moment halfway through where he freaks out in front of Jessica's mm-hmm. mom and has a like, in, in the book, it wasn't a panic attack, but in this it was. And I kind of like that it was a bit more because it kind of humanizes him more. But yeah, that it is like he knows immediately I am going to destroy worlds. People are going to die. Billions are going to be murdered and I need to stop it. And he kind of doesn't. Right. Like these things yeah. unfold and it happens. And it and I think this is partially where things were frustrated where the in some cri- cri- criticism of the movie, because it ends at that halfway point. He is right about to become kind of a living god in the next few hours mm-hmm. if we would have mm-hmm. let this go this is partially one of those interesting things as well um maybe this will be our connection back to to war movies in general that there is no you know if if dune was a five hour epic or four hour epic like denis Velu wants or he wanted the director and mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure screenplay writer of dune you know he also made blade runner 2048 for those who don't know he's a very big sci-fi fan and he has done really well by that genre i mean his direction Mm -hmm. style and the films he's made are beautiful and they're great and i think dune Mm -hmm. was arguably one of the most beautiful films out recently but yeah imagine dune as a five-hour kind of movie you know five-hour movie lawrence of arabia style you go to the theaters and you enjoy this huge saga of a film because it's just dense um Mm -hmm. it's kind of hard to do it as a part one and a part two and but, but but at the same time, it's it, it evokes a lot of that question about what we're willing to see and sit down and watch, right? I think it's easy right. to go and watch Dune and be challenged, and I'm saying easy in quotation marks, I guess, because you know you're being challenged. We visually. get it. We're, we're very we're very smart because we like Dune. We're no, 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 no. I don't even mean it that way. Because <laughs> it, the thing I like about that film, and this is, I want to get mm-hmm. out of me just fan, you know fanning over um yeah cinematography but i noticed something after watching it even twice that it does not mm-hmm. tell you a lot it relies yeah. on your vision to tell this story and it relies on your senses to make anything of it like if you haven't read the book mm-hmm. and you don't know what's going on a lot of this doesn't make sense but it makes sense if you pay attention and i like right. that as an as a challenge to mm-hmm. what we are willing to notice and get out of something but even in right. a movie like Come and See, drastically different tone-wise, maybe, maybe not, yeah. actually, it's the same kind of thing. They're not, yeah. They don't tell you what's going on. You know, you, you read the synopsis of a boy is going to witness the horrors of World War II, and he's going to be joined by some partisans, and they're going to go fight the Germans or the Nazis, right? Like, it's not really like that. There's a lot of other stuff that happens. And yeah, it's not, it was, quite, it's not quite Red Dawn. Um, oh no and i did see red dawn as well and that movie is <laughs> spoon-fed propaganda and fear-mongering jesus it's oh, uh i have a you, lot I've you, seen don't, both. you don't you i mean <laughs> honestly the, the 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 biggest critique i have of red dawn is the idea that uh anyone invading the u.s is going to go <laughs> for the the pacific northwest right yeah uh, that's where you go of course yeah i um I, I think that's sort of the more hilarious thing. It's like, yeah, we're going to go for the heartland of U.S. where everyone has guns. There's enormous open spaces and forests for mm-hmm. people to hide in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going to go after that. Of course, it makes total sense. Total sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're going to go after <laughs> the Alaskans and the... And the- <laughs> 
<laughs> we're going for the we're going to hit America where it hurts. We're going <laughs> to the hit middle Idaho. of nowhere. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. But like it, it is, you know, I, I think it's. In in calling back, maybe even to your question or, or your your notion of or your mm-hmm. your description of like, where do you place yourself in these films? Right. Like, how do you yeah. what, where do you want to be? And like. Mm-hmm. In in come and see, you know. I think I always like, you know, I want to position myself in the resistance. I want to be fighting against this evil, these invaders, you right. know. And because I, you empathize with these characters, especially because I was probably that kid's age when I watched it mm-hmm. for the first time. So there was a lot of that, yeah. and it's it's pretty horrific in that sense of like this is the what it takes to do this, and even them, yeah. You know, I know you you recently have just watched. It's been a while since I've seen it, so I'm gonna have to go watch yeah. it after this. But it is like. Uh, you know, I'll remember vividly like the mud mm-hmm. scenes and I'm pretty sure there's that part. Um, I think it's like when they cross the field or something like that. Right. I'm not, I don't want to get yeah. this mixed up with saving private Ryan. Cause that's its own graphic <laughs> scene of, of open fields in, yeah. in France, mm-hmm. but in, you know, Belarus where this is taking place, but at the time it's yeah. the Soviet union. You where know, they're just like trying to slog it through the yeah, fog. It's after, brutal. Um, and Flora can't quite accept that his family yeah. is uh, dead at that point in the movie. Oh my god! Yeah, I, yeah. I I think you know we um we're trying to make like personal uh some sort of personal uh, connection to all of these people, and you know if you have any kind of empathy, you're looking for who you would be. Yeah, and like one thing that um the because i i did like the way a lot of the uh a lot of the things from the book were portrayed as far as dune goes yes um and i think i was i was trying to imagine how people who have not read the book were and Matt were understanding dr yua mm, um yeah who uh if you uh have not seen or read dune and are you know, not planning to, don't care. Um, <laughs> uh, spoilers. But Dr. Yua basically is in charge, uh, or ca- carries out, I should say, the conspiracy to murder uh, Duke Leto for uh, the Baron who wants to take back control of the planet of Arrakis, um, the the uh, the planet that produces spice that is hallucinogenic but also makes uh, interstellar uh, travel possible. Yes. Uh so his betrayal of Duke Leto, um, you know, it doesn't telegraph, mm, yep. you know, who he is as well as it maybe does in the book. I, I mean, agree. In the book, you know, it's it's maybe not a fair comparison because in the book we get to spend more time with him. We actually get his internal monologue and actually know from the beginning that Yue is going to uh, betray them. Yes. Uh there's even a scene in the book where he gives Paul his copy of the Orange Catholic Bible. Yeah. Which I, unless I'm forgetting, I don't think was in the movie. It is. It is. Gurney's holding it um, when they mm-hmm. are landing on Arrakis and the bagpipes play. He's actually yeah, reading it. Yeah, but doesn't Yue give him the Bible? Not. The he book? gives. Yue gives. Book. Yes. In the book, Yue gives. Um, paul a copy of the orange catholic bible but yes they don't show paul they show gurney who's a devout 
follower of that faith. Yeah. So he's reading but, it. So it's like a little. Yes. It's a little. It's an. It's a kind of like yeah. a wink to the audience. Like there it is. But mm-hmm. they do leave that out from Paul having it, and it's a very important yes. thing. So I was kind of disappointed that that didn't yeah. make a cut because it's relevant. It's very important to. But but to that but thinking, um, thinking if thinking if this was you know a different type of blockbuster movie you know right. not necessarily. Look, we're not going to say a dumber one because we don't, you know, have to rank our movies like that. But let's say, sure, sure. Let's say a movie that like telegraphs things um, a little more clearly because it's trying to reach a broader audience. I think you could sit and sort of passively watch it and be like, oh, that was dumb for you to think that his wife is still alive and that the Baron will give him his wife back. I think the book makes it a lot more clear. You knows that yeah. his wife is dead. Even yeah. if he doesn't say it, like U.S. whole plan, which is basically um, he has been offered deliver Duke Leto to Baron Harkonnen and, uh, you know, I will free your wife. Right. And, you know, basically U.S. delivers Leto and is, you know, told that your wife is dead. You're going to join her. Um, you know, I only promised that I would reunite you with your wife. Um, right, right. Know, they they have they have that whole thing where they have to be technically truthful. Yeah. <laughs> um, so so you know he Yue is murdered, but Yue has um given Duke Leto poison that he can release in the presence of the Baron, and you realize Yue has accepted his wife's death. He has accepted his own death in the chance that it might be able to um uh provide smokescreen for an assassination of the baron right um and it doesn't even work but you can see how you know like w- we see this all the time in movies where there is uh huge turmoil apocalyptic things at stake and someone is choosing to um react to something emotional to try and save a loved one uh over the masses you know and and acting uh, you know selfishly sometimes that's interrogated sometimes it isn't right right um and you get to see you kind of use the idea that he would act so selfishly in this moment of complete self-sacrifice yeah um and the it because it it it, it's a it's an interesting moment where you see it try to have it both ways where this on the one hand plays up the importance of an individual and how how much of a uh difference an individual can make but on the other hand it totally minimizes that it shows that ua is unsuccessful and that uh that this is just one more body in yeah. a in a meat grinder of of a uh of, of of a bunch of events that are about to unfold and i think this also illustrates the the macro versus the micro of these two films because yes with come and see you know this is Early enough on in World War II, um, I forget what the date they give exactly is, but uh, it's early enough in World War II that, you know, the Germans are marching uh, westward 
into the Soviet Union, um, you know, uh, and basically uh, just just genociding the Slavic peoples, you know, to to make mm-hmm. way for the expanding Germany, and you know, you're you're seeing uh, not like the proper German army. You're seeing, you know, the crazy methed up, yes, yeah, um, basically like conscripted criminals that expendable criminals that uh, the Germans were putting on the front line to just murder and wreak havoc uh, before the actual army shows up. Well, yeah, that's, that's who it was in this. I mean, yeah. that's, that's, that's what they were doing. And um, actually, yeah. And, the, and it's 1943. I was just, I was just looking yeah. into the date yeah. um, that, so it makes sense, you know, what's happening, but it is, that was one of the things I didn't realize until my second viewing much later on um, in my you know, I watched it at a very young age, then I watched it a bit later, you know, a few mm-hmm. years later, and I didn't know that history of of mm-hmm. Eastern, of the Eastern Front and what was actually going on. Like, you know, because yeah. I think one thing that sticks out is the church scene, which is incredibly oh brutal. God, I mean, it's yeah. it's it's horrific. It's like my worst yeah. fear shown on screen. Mm-hmm. It's it's terrifying, and it's yeah, it happened too frequently. That's this and and throughout history yes. too, but even specifically in this in yes. this time period, it was mm-hmm. it's a it's it's brutal and i didn't know you know that (laughs) what i mean that this doesn't it's not that it doesn't like excuses anything and if anything it makes it worse like that you have yeah you know just psychotic criminals going on to torture people it's not about conquest it's not about for lack of a better term like the warrior right or the idea of like poetic violence or whatever you want to call it depending on what you know propaganda yeah. film or whatever vision you mm-hmm. subscribe to when it comes to conflict but it's just yeah. violence for the sake of violence and removal and mm-hmm. it is it, it's just horrific in that case and it's it's something i think that gets left out a bit in a lot of movies mm-hmm. in a lot of retellings mm-hmm. of world war ii and a lot of fictional video games of world war ii and there's that uncomfortable moment there and it's one of these things that um this film will always stick with me about because it really i think it does show the brutality of warfare because it's not like mm-hmm. one of the things that i'll you know that i think sticks out it's like that's not just this moment it's not like oh we messed up here we went a little overboard or as as humanity went a bit overboard in world war ii which it did but like mm. it has many times so it's not it's not something i think we need to just look at and be like ah yes we'll never do that again do you know what I mean? <laughs> like it's like because it does and it yeah. happens. It is the self fulfilling prophecy in a right. way, right? It's right. It's that's the horror yeah. of it that I think but, always I sticks mean, with even, me. Even within the 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 scene where all of those villagers are herded into the building and then the building is set on fire. Um, <sighs> yeah. And uh, then afterwards, and you actually do get to see the uh, you know that those those b- because this is not like the proper organized German army, they're pretty quickly swept up and routed by by the uh the 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 partisans you know they're yeah uh as soon as they are even the partisans who are not perfectly organized like you see like as soon as they go up against like an actual like fighting force they're pretty ineffectual they're really only there to pick off you know helpless villagers right but after you know that happens um you know, you have this mass murder and then you get hit with a ton of bricks when you see what's happened to Glaja. 
uh, Flora's friend, you know, when they meet again after uh, all of the chaos, and you just are left with the, the the horror of it, the pain of, you know, what what these characters must have been feeling, and you just sink back in your chair um, trying to trying to find some sort of something to hold on to something to to uh you know you want to be consoled in some kind of way that the that the movie doesn't let you have you know you do get to see the germans uh the the perpetrators uh punished in some way but i think the movie even acknowledges it's not enough for what they did right and like you were saying, you know, that this happens over and over again in history. What I think, what, what is, what, what, what a movie like that does when you play that much in the micro, like this one incident that maybe in the whole grand scheme of World War II was insignificant, but this was the end of the world for Mm. those people. Um, and it was the end of all of those lives. It was the end of a way of life. It was the death of these villages. And it happened over and over and over again until the Germans were finally pushed back out. And then you have um, the the Soviets, as they, as uh, the Russians, as they push back, you have them exacting revenge on German towns because they had been brutalized and they were now going to brutalize the Germans. Right. And... In the 20th century, at least, as these uh, as people coming from these types of experiences uh, were able to get their stories out more and more. And now we're in the 21st century where um, we uh, are unveiling even more and more of these stories and narratives that are on the receiving end of uh, uh, colonization and war we're realizing there is this terrifying um, sort of gap in our own history where we, where we have to be made to understand that if this happened, th- there are two possibilities, right? Like mm-hmm. either industrialization in the modern world, when this is all being recorded, either this is the first time that something like this happened and that this was brought out of human beings for the first time, this level of dehumanization um, in in the, uh, the attempt to spread an empire, or this happened all the time and we will never hear those stories and we're only hearing those stories now and that this happened all over the world. Uh, Hmm. and, you know, both have their implications, uh, but I'm kind of inclined to believe, even though I'm not, I'm not a, a, a cynical enough person to believe that people are bad at heart because I do not. And I believe humanity is, is ultimately good. And I believe people are capable of, um, you know, building, uh, building communities and everything. I, I certainly am not someone that, that believes we are brutal by nature, but I have to imagine in that this happened uh, so much in history, and we just will not hear those stories because they those are people that were erased from history. Mm. Yeah, um, 
I, I would agree with you on that. I think it is mm-hmm. that. I think it is that one. Just, you know, historically speaking, event-wise, things that keep happening even today, I don't think it's something mm-hmm. that just shows up because of, you know, you know, because of capitalism or because of industrial revolution. I, I certainly think that heightens it, but I also yeah, think that yeah. that allows for us to observe it. It's kind of mm-hmm. like how, you know, Vietnam, the Vietnam War being televised changes a lot of mm-hmm. people's perspectives on Absolutely, war and what they're yeah. seeing. And that's a really important moment. I mean, think think about how Vietnam changed the way we even make war movies. Oh, yes. Yeah. we, Yeah. Th- this has been, this has been remarked upon before, but nowadays, um, even if you're going to make a World War II movie, they are so colored by what we uh, think of in a Vietnam film that mm. uh, that it, it's so hard to know which is the correct experience. Because when the Greatest Generation was telling their story, you know, there's there's things that were whitewashed, of course, because they had a certain opinion of themselves, but also they had a certain idea and a certain experience that's, right, you know, worth, right. worth looking into, you know, that, um, that, you know, even though they might have had their version of PTSD, it wasn't quite the same as the, uh, experience in Vietnam. And, you know, they, uh, it, it was, it was a different, in a lot of ways, it had all the things that never change about war. It had utter savage human behavior. And, but it also was internalized a different way just because of, I think, the psychology. Yes. Of, yes. Of, of those, of that generation. Um, whereas Vietnam has profoundly changed a lot of our ideas of war. And so we may never really as people that have not fought and not fought in those wars, we may never understand what that was or what the, if there even is a true perspective on it, because mm. either you have it being told by the people who fought it, who have a certain idea of themselves. So they are biased or you have it being told by the younger generation that is reinterpreting, revising, recontextualizing things that they might have been blind to, but they were not there. So who 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 is giving you those different kinds of truth? And this is where it comes in in, in an interesting way to I think our world as artists what what does this what does this mean in in terms of art uh of 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 perspectives because I think we value firsthand experience, but also there's there's a lot of people that that can go through utter horror and walk away with the wrong lesson, you know? <laughs> That's very um, true. Yeah. There's there's all of there there are plenty of people in the world who have suffered very real oppression and then y- you can't you almost can't even though, you know, people should be held accountable, you know, full mm-hmm. stop. Right. However, that does shed maybe the brutality that they showed later in their lives or once they had a chance to, you know, in their eyes, seek revenge. Um, it's uh, it, it's it's a little more difficult to parse out what the uh, what 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 even is the valid reaction to that? Can we even like. Do we even have the right to to speculate on that? Because 
there there's a, a couple of moments in uh both movies that i i found quite similar having seen them in short succession that um i feel like i see in a lot of war movies and it is that moment that kind of goes back to what i was asking earlier of like where you see yourself right and there's that moment where they've captured the the remaining germans they've got the the general and everything and you know sort of uh some of his like uh you know some some of the uh, the the people that were carrying out the crimes and giving the orders uh-huh and you have that moment of all of these people standing around glaring at them right um and you suddenly like feel the unity of a people just ready to uh go on the the rampage and and fight for their existence and that there's sort of an um an unmistakable almost kind of pride of like you just tried to wipe us out and here we are mm. and that there is all there's sort of this rallying cry now right uh and then in dune it's a little different but you have multiple points in that movie where a bunch of people are uh you know preparing to fight together to fight as a unit and you know for for house atreides they have the bagpipes going yeah and it's sort of you you want to envision like yourself fighting for a shared cause with your buddies you may die you may survive who knows but there's bagpipes playing and you're running into battle uh you know as sort of part of this uh bigger cause than yourself you know yeah it's like suddenly this is this is who we are and this is right what is at stake um mm. and there is some sort of pride in that and i think that is the tantalizing propagandistic part that you can that you know is is worth indulging in sometimes you know you can have your inglorious bastards moment you can yeah. have you can have your moment in jojo rabbit where um where elsa you know holds down jojo and is like there are no weak jews and you just like are like hell yeah <laughs> um yeah. you know uh you can kind of have that moment you know in 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 pick pick any war movie where live or die the protagonists are getting ready for their next move in their last stand you know yeah uh it, it's in the chronicles of narnia it's in you know it's in uh it, it it's in tolkien but there is that moment there's that unmistakable moment of pride where you're like where like no matter what happens fortunate son is playing and <laughs> right it's it's, it, it's fuck around and find out time you know yeah man the house of trade ba- bagpipes is just oh it's perfect <laughs> it was perfect and it was perfect for this exact reason and yes. it's intentional yes. that's the thing mm-hmm. it's like number one it comes out of nowhere and actually um and Hans Zimmer talked about that in, a, in an mm-hmm. interview because, of course, I watched it and it was interested in this. You know, the, right. they wanted the music to feel like nothing you would have expected. You can't expect the soundtrack. And, I mean, obviously there's certain things we do because it's a sci-fi film. There's, like, certain tropes that they use. But 
That's interesting. Like, they want to surprise you every scene. It's why there's random chanting halfway through scenes that make no sense. And it's like, why right, that right. bagpipe show up? And then there's throat singing for the Sardaukar, and which is also perfect. Like, there's this, there's this tone that's utilized through sound in, these, in this film specifically that I think is really interesting. But in, without going too far into my, you know, again, being super interested in soundtracks forever. And war movies also do have some pretty crazy soundtracks that are intense and cool but it is that rallying cry right it is this thing of bagpipes are playing and we're going over the trenches or we are house atreides you know the bagpipes resembling this ancient old because like actually think about the fact that this is twenty thousand years in the future and bagpipes still exist they're ancient i mean at i this point you, you know what you, you, you know the one thing the one thing that took me out for just a second where i was like trying to I could almost accept the bagpipes. I could accept a lot of things, but oh, then Paul asks his mom, are you good? <laughs> you know, I missed that. I missed that. I thought you were going to say Duncan Idaho, and I was going to, I have it prepared. I know exactly how to count. No, no, that, no. But... I, I, I will accept Duncan Idaho. It's perfect. Duncan it's a great, is a great name. name. It's great. Is it, you know what, I, here, here's, here's one thing that I thought was interesting. Again, having seen both back to back, is it weird that I felt like Come and See had more jokes in it? <laughs> You're not wrong. That's the bad There are there more are moments more. of levity at this like real like real life Holocaust movie. Yeah. Uh Yeah, I mean that kind of makes sense in a way. Yeah. But like they're both things that are asking you to take them seriously but in different ways. You know, Dune needs you to take it seriously to some extent because it wants you to say, here's a fantasy scenario, but do you not recognize this in, um, you know, uh, in the real world? Right. Uh, and I feel like in a real world scenario, like come and see, you need the levity because that's what we do as people. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's the important factor there with it. Um, mm -hmm. It is, it is just very interesting. Like, you know, your example too of this I, I'm, I'm just gonna use the word the rallying cry or this this moment yeah, yeah. where we unify and like you know mm -hmm. see's coming out of that so end of the soviet still just russian idea um you know yeah i guess in a way a a an, an encapsulation of what happened a you know looking back and trying to reckon with this putting it out yeah. there See, I'm what what I'm imagining. Here's what I'm imagining. Okay. So, uh, the North Koreans land on the Jersey Shore, like, and you know, Joe, you and I have talked about how you know you may not agree with the politics of everyone in uh, New Jersey, uh, or at least your 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 part of New Jersey, right? Uh, but like, do you not see? Like you and a bunch of people like wearing Jersey Devil like jerseys, uh, and blasting Bon Jovi like waiting, and it's like you came to the wrong neighborhood, motherfuckers. Like, I don't know though because they would probably in my area wear Flyers jerseys. 
to tell you, to tell hey, you I, the I don't truth. Know, I don't know enough about the, sports. How, okay. You know what? No, no, no it's no, okay. It's even okay. better. This would this would unite the houses. Yeah. Of, this, of, the, the boroughs. The boroughs <laughs> of New Jersey. Uh, you know. And, yeah. That's a good. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. House flyers. This, house giant. House of yes. eagle. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's actually perfect i kind of like this uh yeah yes. it's, it's uniting against the common enemy i mean for sure i think that yeah there's gonna if it's like the yeah I, I think you would see that for sure i mean you you have these like well hold on we need to deal with this before we bicker with each other it's you know yeah. all of the greek nation city states fighting against the persians or the italians fighting against somebody else yes. you know yes yes you gotta you gotta fight against the persians now but also like <laughs> instead of bagpipes someone's okay. got like a boom box and they're playing bon jovi i guess or bruce springsteen i don't yeah, know yeah bruce springsteen i mean the thing maybe, is maybe... i i'm i'm trying to think of like a Aside from Born in the USA, which might just have to work, I'm trying to think of like <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I guess I guess that's the most like anthemic because I think Bruce is pretty outspokenly anti-war. Yeah. Um. Uh. You know, there, there. Yeah, but but I, I, I could think, totally see. That. I think you I would totally hear see that. I think you would hear "Living on a Prayer." by bon Jovi. yeah that would be blasting from the from wanted the dead or alive yeah um, yeah it's kind of a there's weird the, yeah everyone everyone stops for a second and thinks about it when it's like who says you can't go home you know and they're like eh, that one's not as eh. right no but maybe no, no. Ha- maybe have a nice day yeah there you go have oh, a nice day would be on. i would it. also i would like to put it out there that the sopranos theme song would be playing <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine like, on every convoy? The, oh every- my god! Oh my god! Where is where is this movie where America is invaded and all of the mob families yeah. like get together and they're like truce, truce? Yeah. Oh, there it is. That's the killer line right there. Yeah. It's yeah, like um. Yeah. Do you know, I mean, I don't know if you saw Endgame for the Avengers, but you probably saw the memes where it's like everybody coming out of the portals and they're like lining up and it's just, and then people on TikTok just randomly show up and they just kept adding on to it. I imagine it's something like that where you have like these mob families meeting with like the Jersey Shore people. I mean, there's like, you know, the Flyers, Eagles fans meeting with the Giants fans and the Jersey Devil fans. It's just this big crossover yes, but but again this is like but this is the moment that we know in in a lot of war movies or for sure it's a massive action show. movies let's say action movies where yeah. you know this is supposed to represent who we are and this is our moment to go up against the big baddies um it's so it's but but even like how like kind of fun and silly this is to talk about yeah like it like it's weird that like (laughs) you can know better and i would like to think we know better right but like when you you know with with all the problems that the marvel movies have it's still it it still can light a little fire in you you know yeah you get you get that feeling in your gut you know it's like um, that part in Dunkirk where they see mm. all the ships coming and you're like, I have never cared about uh, the United Kingdom before, but like, oh my God, <laughs> like, those boats, those boat dads are here to save I them. know. <laughs> it is, it's, it is that interesting thing in a war movie, though, I will say that you, you, you feel it. You feel that like, 
you know, it, it, yeah. unification call. The it's it's the riders of Rohan showing up at the end of Return of the King, and they're about to push out the you know the orcs and the armies of Sauron from Minas mm-hmm, Tirith, mm-hmm. and it's epic and amazing. And then Howard Shore's soundtrack plays, and it's so good. But it is kind of like you know that's a fantasy mm-hmm. movie, and it's something different. And it's like yeah, it is so much like this is my whole thing with these. And with war movies too, and maybe like in bringing it back to your questions, it's like yeah, we have to maybe interrogate further and separate imagery and art and also tropes that we have through cinema with reality yeah. because we often confuse them. And I'm noticing mm-hmm. it more and more. Like I think about even like you know how traumatic these events must have been the fact that we have to watch them to understand them i feel like is also already a weird level of authenticity there for us and what we mm-hmm. can imagine this as because neither one of us has had to go go through something like this but yeah you know these people are still living like everyday lives like in reality yeah. this was something that was yeah. going on for years i mean world war ii is like i mean officially what five six years right but it's still longer there's still events leading up to that and things happening mm-hmm. so it's this like ongoing trial of horrors on all sides yeah, and, th- and, many th- and thank god we all decided to never do any violence again afterwards mm-hmm. right? oh yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a really good thing we decided that yeah um uh, we're like this one you know what this was the last you know what mm, we're gonna we're gonna say this is a bad idea um <laughs> jesus a- ab- but- absolutely i i i guess that's the thing that just you can know better. You can know what happens. Right, I right. think, I think even movies that have a lot of nuance to them, like, like even even with Glory, you oh, know, gosh, a movie yeah. that I think pretty, especially for the time, I feel like goes into you know, at least a little bit the idea that um, the circumstances for black people in America is not going to improve by that great of a factor right but the fight is still worth it on some sense you know them getting their how excited they are with their blue uniforms even after you know you've had to watch them get called the n-word and uh it's uh you know all of these things and yet they're like uh you know when shaw um steps forward and is like the 54th massachusetts will lead the uh the assault on the fort right uh you know it's like yeah show them what you got type of thing yeah it's this it's that like honorable fight right it is that um it is interesting in that way that that movie does portray i also think it was for its time and also setting, you know, I watched that by myself before I saw it in school. Again, history yeah. nerd. I was one of those kids. But it was like, it was always <laughs> look at look, look, look at this guy over here yeah. that watched Glory not in a high school history class. I've seen it a lot. It was, <laughs> I was really I was fascinated by the Civil War at one point, too, and all, yeah, yeah, yeah. all things. As, as you do, I watched I history, mean, kids. It is, it is, it is an interesting conflict, I, and it is a, it yeah. is a, it is a conflict that has real, um, uh, reverberations that we feel in our daily lives. Oh yeah, know? no, we never really healed from that, but that's a different story. I mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I, I blame Liberty Kids for my fascination in America's history. Li- wait, what? Wait, what are Liberty Kids? Well, you don't know this. No, what's a Liberty Kid? You didn't want I okay. So 
It was a show on PBS where it was like these teenagers living through the American Revolution and meeting all kinds of wacky characters like George Washington and uh, Ben Franklin. Mm. And it was... Uh, and there's also a French uh, kid who's like their friend too. And then also they talk about the Prussian invasion as well and the British being all snobby. It's pretty great. You've never seen uh-huh. this? I don't think so. I remember us all getting filed in for assembly and we had to watch <laughs> a play uh, a with a bunch of, you know, uh, uh, let's put quotes around the word play, but a bunch of, you know, <laughs> actors uh, going through... Um, this teenager that doesn't want to register to vote, so she gets thrown back in time oh to my God. the revolution, <laughs> what? and then the civil war, and then the civil rights. Oh wow, um, that's a lot of history to cover about. Yeah, voting. yeah, uh, uh, I, I th- yeah, women's suffrage is oh in God. there as well. Um, not, yeah, not you know, quite she, so, so she so she meets George Washington, she meets MLK, uh, you know, um. Yeah. So I I we watched that. <laughs> no. And then I think. Uh, and and then I think the rest was right. yeah watching uh Glory and Saving Private did you, Ryan. Did you watch The Patriot with Mel Gibson? No, we did not That's watch a, The it's Patriot. A weird movie I only too. heard I only heard about The Patriot later. Oh, I saw uh, that pretty early on as well. Again, my way of mm-hmm. learning, which has not changed, was watching movies to be interested in mm-hmm. a subject, and it worked very well. Um, well, great, great, great. You have, uh, you know, that we do history tours now. I mean, yeah, uh, it really paid off. That's where my <laughs> education came in handy. No, but yeah. it is, it is like, um, mm-hmm. that show was, I, I, I blame, I blame Liberty's Kids for my interest in that at the time. Now I can't stand it. I'm not, I don't care about the American Revolution at all. I got that out of my system. But, um, mm-hmm. The you know I think another example of like storming ahead maybe in different contexts but this idea of like the army that's prepared to fight and they're going to do it for you know their cause and whether that's mm-hmm. you know freedom in the case of Braveheart or it's um, yeah you know the Atreides March in Dune or you know even mm-hmm. in um, like. I guess I don't really think Dunkirk has something like that, but the one I'm thinking of as an example that kind of goes way beyond these would even be like um, the King, another uh, Timothy Chalamet movie and star, <laughs> but you know, with the bag, the, um, the battle of Ag- Agincourt, I can never actually pronounce it properly as it's supposed to be. Cause my French is bad, but I used to say Agincourt and that's not what Feel it is. Feel free to correct us. It is. That isn't it. That's a very good movie. And I do recommend it. And it is a war film, but mm-hmm. it's kind of interesting because it's a pointless battle when you find out because mm-hmm. it was all a lie. So the whole right. setup was just political manipulation to invade France to gain territory. It had nothing to do with, you know, this, this, what the king, um, I don't remember which king it is, but I'm just going to say Timothy Chalamet because he is the king in this, um, is, <laughs> is believed it to be. It is this ultimate like betrayal at the end of the movie, like the last five minutes you find out. And mm-hmm. they go and he fight this like he li- he lied he lied to Lady Bird about being a virgin. <laughs> yes, yeah, and you know he has to go fight. Um, he has to go fight Edward Cullen from Twilight, who speaks French now as well. Mm-hmm. So that's fun. But it mm-hmm. is this like it was literally pointless. Like there was no conflict. They show up on the shore. They're ready to fight because they mm-hmm. think that they oppose them. And then the French yeah. army is like, "Well, you invaded us, so we're going to fight back." And it's this right. like brutal slaughter for nothing. 
and this yeah. it, the, the 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 queen of France mm-hmm. or the princess of France that he ends up marrying to unite the houses or whatever, like mm-hmm. pretty bluntly says this, like you mm-hmm. invaded us, like you did these barbaric things, like you know mm-hmm. we are just defending ourselves, and it is this kind yeah. of awakening point but i think that's a you know and he loses his Mm -hmm. friends he loses one of his closer mentors it is this like loss it's a massive loss i mean it's a win for the english at the end but it's it's a big loss and it's i think that 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 was a very interesting deconstruction of the unifying rally like we are going to charge we are going to fight we are we are outnumbered outgunned and we will pull out a victory and then you find out it was use it was literally meaningless and to me I think that's a good example of, uh, you know, kind of even like glory, mm-hmm. but maybe a little bit better in this way of like it. Sometimes it is just that like it is mm-hmm. like you think it's going to be this amazing thing. And it's that we want to believe a rallying call to give some sense to this, to give an excuse or a reason as to why we are going to kill and commit murder on a grand yeah. scale on a warfare scale. And it doesn't really matter. It's kind of like another deconstruction of that even is like in 1917, the more recent uh, 2019 World War One film where most mm-hmm. of it, we're following a runner. We're not even on the front lines. We're, we're on the front yeah. lines of somebody navigating it. And there's that mm-hmm. really crazy scene where they're, it's, it's in the trailer too because it's all one mm-hmm. cut of him running at us, at the viewer. Yeah. And, the the like soldiers assuming, people well or... yeah and it's and it's an accident and they kept it rolling mm-hmm. and it's 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 great i love those little tidbits of films but it's like we're not looking at the enemy we're not looking mm-hmm. at the combat we're looking at the person yeah. who needs to stop this from happening and couldn't yeah. because they didn't listen and it's yeah. that i think is another moment of this haunting realization of the of just brutality right yeah and that yeah. we're not seeing it in one point of view. You know, I mean, we were in the in the British version, of course, but like, mm-hmm. it is still just like we know how this ends. We know how this yeah. goes. It's it's the same yeah. with come and see. You know how this is going to end, and what's going to come later, and what's going to happen. Right, and right. that it's like you want to 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 be in this unifying, like we, you know, as as this like Eastern European, this Russian soviet even in that time sense of unification and going to you know they are going to get their revenge they are going to push back but even eastern european cultures are going to be annihilated most of those people are going to die and not you know reclaimed ukrainians Mm -hmm. for example are also ones who are going to have a very hard time chernobyl's going to happen later on (laughs) and that's going to cause some problems like yeah it is one of those things that i think just I think All Quiet on the Western Front did very well, and I think it's why it still yeah. holds up, because you really understand, because they have that rallying cry at the beginning, and then the right. rest of the movie and the book is learning that that was entirely made up. And I think World War One is so nebulous uh, in its motivations to us, um, and you know the inciting incidents all seem so small to us. Yeah, that it is the war that feels like you can explore the senselessness of it because you know we're not going to pretend that the 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 rape and murder of German villagers was 
deserved. Mm -hmm. But when we think about it, we're like, well, we're going after the fucking Nazis. Right, right. You know, where this is this is war and this is, um, you know, uh, what what they're up against, you know, when when you're like, we got to, you know, fight the when they're like, we have to fight the Japanese, you, you know, you bring up uh, th their brutalization of, of yes. China when when we got to talk about, um, you know, we're taking on the the, the Germans in World War Two, we're bringing up eastern europe and and the and the jews and you know it, it you you you're able to mask i think some of our impulses to exact revenge with some sort of justification mm. and that is th there's almost like sort of like um if you if you like you almost imagine like people that do these cra these crazy brutal things like their justifications like when they're almost caught are like it's almost like kind of like embarrassing uh if if that is you know not too perverse of a word of it but you you realize it is sort of like this very immature like um equation of you know this this civilian deserved it because someone vaguely associated with them and you know so much further up the socio-political chain made a decision you know all you have right. to look at is the 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 treatment of you know uh just completely innocent uh villagers in vietnam and afghanistan and iraq and uh and syria uh and just and, and uh and the balkans uh, and you know you go you go over the world and you know maybe there are real legitimate evil people that or 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 people that follow an evil ideology mm -hmm. that you know that makes us feel justified that can make us feel like you know these aren't people that we're going after these are monsters we do not need to feel bad we do not need to interrogate um our our want to to brutalize them right back when when you know you feel when you feel threatened you know i think i think it's understanding like uh it, it's it's trying to rationalize such an irrational thing that i think anyone is susceptible to you mm. know even even now i think you see people that are not on the right wing but talk pretty openly about like the people i disagree with lives do not matter right Exactly. Even if those are also poor, disenfranchised people who are uh, subject to regular and constant, um, basically, propaganda and brainwashing, mm -hmm. you want to then be careful to not dehumanize them because those yeah. are also those are also our countrymen, and those are also uh, people that we need to be bringing together to address these issues. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not saying that that that's the same as the Nazis, uh, right. but I'm also, but your average, you know, 
maybe maybe even your average racist German villager was not uh <laughs> the the methed up lunatic yeah uh, you know burning Belarus right I think there's some levels there for sure of differences yeah. I mean but I, I I mean you're definitely right and the thing is well I, I mean I guess all things have subjects to them for sure this one but I, I it's that it's hard right mm-hmm. that's the thing it's challenging yeah. to say yeah. these things now and then something horrible comes up especially even in our timeline mm-hmm. the u.s mm-hmm. for example it's like it's easy to very much yeah. fall into no this is the wrong side we are the right side and i mean there's some pretty solid baselines there, to be fair, about like human rights and such. Yeah, I think is a good guideline to follow, yeah. but it is easy to fall into that trapping of well, how far do I go to push my, you know, the justification or the revenge? And it is not an yeah. easy thing, I think, to and not to say that you're you saying this because you're not, but like it yeah, is something yeah. I think even you know myself. It's like you question of like, well, how. How much do you give a thought to something and do you do you rationalize this and what how mm-hmm. do you mend that type of a situation? Mm-hmm. And does it get is that a hopeful way to think? You know, or do yeah. you have to be cynical? I mean, I usually do not like cynicism and I don't like that philosophy at all, but sometimes mm-hmm. there is this like just st- taking a step back to objectively look at the way these situations play out and seeing like mm you know, mm-hmm. I I wonder how this will go. And I also think, too, like, in connecting into the war films, how do they play a part in different perspectives when it comes to your ideology and repeating mm-hmm. things? Like, you know, it, it, I don't think we can pretend that, like, games like Call of Duty, which did a very interesting job of, I mean, I guess I'm being kind of kind, but like for portraying history, but for people like me who are interested mm-hmm. in a time period and a, and this gray area of war, it was a good entry point into research. But for people who weren't and they like, you know, death and uh, anti-Semitism, uh, mm-hmm. we're simping over Nazis. So it's mm-hmm. kind of this yeah. weird or cosplaying them in school, which is bizarre. Like, you know, it, it is weird how these, I think that even media that doesn't really because like, cause like, there are war films that are you know, pretty clearly racist, and they have their agenda, their white supremacist agenda, regardless of how they're going to portray the good guys, right? Even if it is like the Americans, it's still kind of weird the way they choose to go about it. Or And you see that in certain Vietnam movies, too. But it's like, yeah. you do wonder what, who's, who is watching this and taking the wrong message from a movie that was trying to give a good one, right? Because I imagine yeah. there's a bunch that yeah. it doesn't i guess that's kind of the yeah. fear in a lot well, of these cases we want to we want to interrogate now at least it's and it seems like we're we're more open to it at least um looking at the hypocrisy of you know america going to war against racist uh colonialist powers in world war ii while you know having a segregated military jim crow south and right exactly uh, you know and our own um uh, colonialist ex- uh, exploits. Yeah. You know, and you can say, you know, actually that reflection afterwards led to a lot of the civil rights, you know? For sure, yeah. You know, barely 
really, really within the next decade uh, following, yeah. and then you know even more so in the sixties. Um, so you know there there is a mechanism at play that is capable of that self reflection. Does not let us off the hook, right? Absolutely. Um, and you know you can you can but we also now want to look at the soviet perspective of you know right. the, a, a lot of the fighting was done by them on the western front and that uh you know they 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 bled fighting the fascists and then stalin turned around and wasn't that much greater of a guy uh but you know he you're you're trying to uh you're trying to navigate the the complicated feelings there that yeah you know i don't know like even the other day i saw some weird ad for like <laughs> this really really i don't know what it was uh but it was like something like super super glorifying the soviet union and stalin for Ooh. going after the nazis and like yeah no, you know like you can <laughs> right you can you can be into that part but you know let's not let's let's not yeah. uh idealize joseph stalin no um, genocide and famine isn't exactly a great thing to be worshiping when it comes to that yeah no or dictators like, but, yeah yeah no we don't these these people were not gods these yeah. were not perfect people but you know when we want to look back and we want to be critical of winston churchill you know right, as we right. should be but it's almost like that's what it took to to bring down hitler was mm. we're all we're really people that weren't too different if we're being totally honest um that different in important ways right we'll be very clear we'll be very clear different in very important ways but uh there's there's plenty of stripes of uh you know fierce um independence and loyalty to 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 land and a country that uh that churchill stalin and to some extent even roosevelt all shared in in trying to take down this mm. this existential threat mm. you know yeah there's, there, i mean there's 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 a, there's a little overlap there and i think that's ultimately what is terrifying about the nazis is that you could see yourself yeah. in some form getting talked into something like that if yeah. you weren't careful and you weren't critical and i think the reason why we we don't is because we're critical of those things and we are willing to look at important people of history uh in you know the in the good and the bad and that's what you know keeps us from being tankies yeah that is true and i think that's a good way to be is not in this yeah. idealized version of of history and of leaders or of messianic yeah. figures swinging mm -hmm, it back to mm -hmm. dune in that way um yeah and i think you put it really well in this case too mm -hmm. and i think that's kind of one of the tricky parts about world war ii when you have all these big name figures at play and you're trying to figure out which one of them was justified and i think you can kind of i mean I, because again there's this massive you know genocide 
uh, happening yeah. in the middle that I think yeah, sets yeah, a yeah. pretty solid uh, good and bad role there. But there's a lot of nuance mm-hmm. too when it comes to like allied powers and what's actually yeah. happening behind the scenes. Um, we all carpet but, bombed. Yeah, I mean, yeah, true. That's very accurate. And every I, I did want to mention uh, one mm-hmm. quick thing because I know we're kind of I think starting to wrap this up and finding mm-hmm. maybe not answers but definitely more questions for our questions. I think there's another yes. film. And I want—I just wanted to briefly mention it that I, I kind of forgot. Forrest actually. Gump. Uh, yes, a true American classic of the retelling <laughs> of history. <laughs> no, but the movie I was thinking of is actually called Land of Mine. I think it won Best Foreign Film a few years ago. But it's uh, mm. it's World War, it's post World War II in the Danish perspective, with mm. all of the landmines that the Germans put on the um, on the on the beaches to prevent like mm-hmm. any landing. I think it's when they might have thought that the landing was going to come more north than it did France. I'm not entirely sure though. So yeah, like, don't, yeah. you know, fact check me on this, but it's something like that and they when they conquered Denmark cuz the king just let them roll in, they filled right. it with mines. I mean, a lot of yeah. them. And what mm-hmm. they what the Danish army did afterwards was send all of the soldiers, the Germans captured German soldiers to pick them up. And they mm-hmm. didn't care right because you know your right. country's brutalized things happened and it was awful yeah, yeah. What, what's going to happen to you and so you're following this character i forget he's like a general or he's a captain or something and he's not a general he's a captain um mm-hmm. and he's got like this platoon of kids he, he originally you know he does not care about them like he is yeah. fiercely patriotic he is mad at the germans and these are like 17 year old boys maybe 18 they're yeah. young and they pro- they honestly I don't know how many of them subscribed to a Nazi ideology. I think they ended up there, but we mm-hmm. can assume there's some influence happening. But, you know, yeah. he he eventually starts taking care of them and it becomes like a dad figure and it's this weird relationship would happen. But the movie is so horrifying uh-huh. in this way because one minute you're laughing at a bunch of kids playing soccer and enjoying themselves and there's you know the danish mixed with germans and there's kind of this like okay we're reunifying we're we're, we're seeing things happen and then one of them blows up out of nowhere because they stepped mm-hmm, on a mine mm-hmm. they missed and there's right, this immediate right. panic and this immediate kind of like freaking out by the other guy that you messed up and look you know you're reminded this is what you did this is why you're here this is what happened yeah and yeah. it is really I, I mean the scene's gonna stay with me for a while just like when the movie come and see it's this haunting moment of that realization of the leftovers and also the things that are out of the everyday man's control, like the soldier, the foot soldier, that's just there to do the job that they kind of got roped into and don't even realize it. And I think that as Mm -hmm. a post-war movie, like immediately after it's really fascinating in that way. And even the way that it ends and how the citizens even react to these soldiers having to do this. And they're not happy, you know, they're not happy to have them there, but they're happy to have them Mm -hmm. clean it up. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, you, mm-hmm. you sympathize with this side, but not in a way of like, you know, you're not sympathizing for Nazis. You're sympathizing for children in a sense of like, yeah, they don't want to be I mean, here. And it's yeah. like, no one wants to be here doing this, this right. really hard tasking job and, and starving. But like, you know, you're not going to, you know, I guess it's like, you know, you see some of the one, the one German soldier that's like an actual ethnic officer who is pretty brutal yeah. and mean. It's like, I, I just think it's this interesting nuance to a conversation about like that humanity, the human perspective of like the yeah. sides argument, the idea of war and what will, what extent will go to prevent something. And then what do mm-hmm. we do after the war's over and how do you build yeah. that bridge? It's a really interesting one. 
I mean that 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 is like it is that um it is that that thing of like after all of this like people have to just get back to their lives yep. like that is yeah. a, what what people should want but it, it is a bigger question of how because yeah I think I think you know you can watch a movie and imagine yourself fighting for the good guys imagine yourself you know uh to having having some fantasy of the of the fight to uh right almost almost even a self-destructive fight to 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 go after mm. something that you hate you know to have your inglorious bastards moment to you know um you know like like even i feel like even the, even handmaid's tale you know <laughs> yeah. evokes that to to some extent that you're like I would go in guns blazing, you know, right, right, for for something like this. Um, but uh, yeah, then there's that question of like, but we're all gonna have to live together after this, you know, and yeah. not all of us get to. There's going to be lives lost. So what? 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 What do we do with that afterwards? You know how? Um, it's uh it's like even weird like realizing that um that we've only normalized like relations with vietnam since the 90s you know like yeah and and, and like our our entire relationship to that that country is is profoundly different you know obviously there is resentment but you know it's it's um it, it, you ever seen that? The, I, I hate to be this person, but like you know that that uh, the the Office, famously a war movie, um, <laughs> where Michael Michael is with that one guy who's got the um the small paper company, and he's like, "So when did you uh, start this company?" He's like, "Well, I started it in 1975 when I got back from Vietnam." And Michael's like, "Oh, I've heard it's lovely there." Oh yeah, I like <laughs> vaguely remember this. But... <laughs> um yeah it we 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 all want to hope to move on and that may not be possible in some ways but maybe as we make art about things in reactions to it maybe that is in part it's not the only thing Mm. we can do you know Mm. but it is part of what we can do to move on is to process all of those emotions maybe acknowledge that there's no one right way to feel about it that not everyone's going to be happy and maybe if they are it's not going to be in the same ways yeah i think i think you know we don't have to look at war movies as like some uh symptom of a diseased brainwashed society no i think we can understand that there are at least examples of art and film and film that is art that (laughs) that that represent um yeah represent people trying to heal and Mm. and and uh you know it, it may be weird for some people to relive that trauma but it's also important for us to recognize in ourselves the potential to do terrible mm. things 
Mm. And there's some, there can be some hope that there is less of it in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a really great way to put it. In summing yeah. this up, absolutely agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, yeah. yeah. I guess uh, <laughs> next next time we do a grindhouse, uh, maybe maybe let's pick uh, some some more fun back to back. Yeah. Movies. Yeah. Well, you know, Christmas is coming up. I guess we could always rerun um, Saving Christmas, a true war film, if you will. Saving. Saving, Saving Private, Private Christmas. Ryan Christmas. <laughs> Saving Private Christmas. That's what I said. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's... I mean, that Santa Claus kicked some ass. Yeah, in, Viking um, Santa. Sa- so Yes, Viking Santa was seemed like a warrior in uh, Saving Private Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be referring to it from now on as that. <laughs> oh my gosh. But... <laughs> Yeah, I, you uh, need some. You need some of that comedic relief at the end of talking yeah, about. Yeah, we need. We need stuff. a breath. Sometimes. Yeah, exactly. I agree. But mm-hmm. um, no, I think this was really interesting to talk about, and I'm glad we we could do it in this way, in the context yes. of the museum and and our, you know, experiences and backgrounds in art. I think it's. I think it's really great. Um, and mm-hmm. I think it's. It's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's just something that's gonna have to constantly be questioned, and probably will for a few more years to decades, honestly. But. Maybe as things transform and we get more movies mm-hmm. similar in a vein to Dune, or maybe we look to the future in that way, we could, I don't know, see what happens next. Yeah. But I don't, I don't think it's the... I mean, I, I, think, I think they're making a sequel, Joe. I, they did get greenlit, and I'm very happy. But imagine, <laughs> you know, it's crazy to me that they went into making that and they didn't actually know if they were going to get a second movie. That's crazy. I, I was surprised to hear that because if anything, I, and I and I understand it's it's insanely expensive and COVID happened, but I really thought they would have tried to do a whole Lord of the Rings thing where they shoot them all at once and then release them over a period. That's of time. what I thought, but um, bureaucracy's weird with the film industry, I guess, because it honestly like COVID just made it worse. I guess it, like it pandemic does made let it worse. Timothy this, Chalamet age a little bit so that he no longer looks like a sickly Victorian child. True. I mean, um, there there is going to be like a five year gap. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. If not yeah. More okay. In the so, book. so it could so work. It could, yeah. it, it could work that that he's a little older. For yeah. The next I movie. hope they give him facial hair. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I hope we see more of Zendaya. Yeah, Zendaya's got to uh, come back. Chani has to. Well, she's gonna be like a major player. So yeah, yeah, and um, and and she is Michi. <laughs> yes, and Zendaya mm-hmm. is Michi, Z- and uh, and LeBron James is Guangi. <laughs> yes, Danny DeVito is Dorgal. Perfect. It's perfect. Uh. Mm hmm. Well, uh, thank wow. you all uh, for, I guess, coming with us on this on this grand tour of brutality. Yeah, I mean, really, that's what we focused on: <laughs> brutality. And I hope you enjoyed your uh, we are spice ve- melange we are veterans. We are veterans of Dune now. We, I, I, yeah, I'm, a, I'm almost the God Emperor. I'm in Children of Dune right now. Uh, high key recommend <laughs> reading the books; they're very entertaining and interesting. But uh, mm-hmm. you know. It's a fun until it's a fun read, but it's not a it. It's a page turner in its own way if you're really interested in the lore building. But personally, I recommend yes. it. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, this has been great. Uh, Zan, what do you got going on? 
Oh God. Um, I have, uh, I have a few things going on. Um, I starting December 3rd, uh, one of my pieces will be at 311 gallery in Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, that'll be showing through December, but there is an open opening reception, uh, December 3rd. If you'd like to see my piece that is there, uh, that piece will also be in my mfa show that will be uh starting may 17th going through may 22nd that'll be uh in at a on the tufts campus at their Mm. gallery nice nice um i've got uh show toys in december december 9th i have another show uh cosmos that'll be later in december i don't remember when that is off the top of my head but I'll, i'll be posting about all that stuff oh my god um Probably other things I'm forgetting too, but this has been a busy, busy uh, end of end of the year, uh, and only more to come. Hopefully, busy man, uh, always busy. That's good yes. to hear, though. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What's uh, going on in your world, GI Joe? Well, uh, I have an exhibition that I think launches at this point at the CICA Museum Ooh. in South Korea, um, titled "In Touch." Um, so if you're in South Korea, feel free to check that out, or I don't know what's going to be on their <laughs> website, but there might be some things. Uh, as for other exhibitions, they're a bit, like, I will be promoting some of them soon. I don't have enough details to be giving uh, them away, but there's some exciting oh, things nebulous. in the works. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. I'm you know, <laughs> in the process of a few new works, so I'm really excited about that and pursuing some things. So I guess stay tuned on my end. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, I hope uh, everyone had a uh, happy Thanksgiving if yes, you celebrated. Yes. Uh, and a uh, a cursed Black Friday. Um. Mm, I guess. Uh, I guess. Yeah. Not many sales yeah, going um, on. You know. Look, looking forward to Cyber Monday. I guess. Um. Blessed be. Uh. I guess. Uh. Blessed, blessed be, be for Be-Be- Cyber Ble- Monday. Blessed be Bezos. Um. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Bezos sounds like it could be a Dune character. He definitely could be. I I would see that. He'd definitely be a Harkonnen. He yeah, Bezos of Harkonnen. With, with the shaved with the shaved head. Yeah, and the um, weird things in the back, the scars. Oh my gosh, terrifying. Yeah, nobody nobody wearing a cowboy hat though in uh, No in Dune. That not I saw, yet. You know, not yet. Not yet. So Yes. Well, if you would like to uh, follow the museum after hours, uh, you can find us on Twitter at Uncanny Museum and at Uncanny County Museum on Instagram. Feel free to send us uh, any suggestions or corrections. Uh, or if you'd uh, just like to uh, say hi, uh, comment on stuff, uh, give us a like and review on your podcatcher of choice. All that helps out a bunch. Yeah, if you'd like to find me, I'm at Xanasaurus on Instagram. And I'm at Josemino Art on Instagram. And from the Uncanny County Museum, I have been Zan Peters. And I've been Josemino. Play us out, bagpipes. (laughs) 